Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back. This again is Life on Life with Andre. Blessed to see you. Blessed to see that you're still listening, still tuning in. I pray that you continue to pass this word on and let people know about it. Again, the podcast can be found at Life on Life with Andre. It's on Apple. It's on your Google. It's on a lot of platforms on Spotify. So hopefully you'll check it out and spread the word. Um, Again, I want to appreciate you guys that have been checking in on a regular basis. It's a beautiful thing. It encourages my heart. Let's me know that, hey, maybe one or two people, three people, four people, maybe more, may actually be getting blessed by this. Uh, This week, as I promised with the earlier highlight this week, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about our culture versus our beliefs. Beliefs. Our culture versus our faith. Our culture, our identity. So before I dive heavy into that, I just wanted to start off with big shout outs, big love to all y'all for your prayers. It's definitely been impactful as this has been probably one of the more challenging talks. So I want to open this up with a word of prayer. I want to take some time to remind you, you can always email me at lifeonlifewithandre at gmail.com. All right. Lord, we want to thank you for another opportunity to dive in, to deal with some of life's harder questions to deal with some of the topics that seem to get brushed over or left behind. And I'm not promising anybody being comfortable, Father. You didn't promise me comfort, but I ask that you help me to reveal your truth, the truth, so that we can continue to grow together. We can continue to grow closer to you. We can help those that are lost to be found. So, Father, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for continuing to surround me with folks that are encouragement and also challenge me. So, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Whew! All right. Well, let's, let, let me just let y'all know. I know I'm not the coolest dude. Okay? I also know I'm a little bit of a nerd. So, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like, hey, I got black culture. I know the history. I got it all locked up. That's not my discussion today. See, there's been a couple conversations that have come up that got mainstream flow, but aren't really mainstream because, well, can you be righteous and ratchet? What kind of question is that? I know, I know. I'm not touching it with a 10-foot pole in the sense of giving my opinion. I'm just was kind of blown away that there's a question like that. Um, Instead, what I'm looking at, what I'm hoping for, is that we can have a real question because um, even as I've been working, I'm meeting and noticing more young people, young folks that are becoming adults. And I see it in the adults too, but it's just scary in the kids where they have no concept of their identity. No concept of what to shape their identity around. And then I had to... I was talking with one of my brothers, you know, Devin, shout out to you. I was laughing because I was like, well, I wasn't laughing. I was more like, (laughs) I was like, this is crazy because without Christ as a centerpiece, what would you wrap your culture around besides what you may experience or what's just told to you? And those things change over time. Come on, let's be honest. Let's be real. I got a different kind of audience. Let me just be honest with you. I told the students this just past week. I said... You know that the culture perpetuated 
lies about my, about me, about black men, about how we were not intelligent enough. We couldn't be intelligent enough to, as a white male. Hold on. You don't think it was true? It happened in sports. You can't have a black man play quarterback. They're not smart enough. Yeah, they're athletic, but they're not intelligent. Ooh, that's hard. And it was presented as truth. Now, we know it's not true, but again, I'm not talking about what is or isn't. I'm saying what was presented as truth. And when we think about culture and we think about identity, we got people telling everybody that, hey, look within yourself. Look within you. What makes you happy? Mm, that's different. So look, I'm going to start off with an old poetry piece. It's in Proverbs 3. Um, you guys have probably heard me say this multiple times, verses 5 and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways. I repeat, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Now, that's the general foundation of everything I'm speaking to today. But let's come on. Let's be honest. Like, how do you do this? You know, you got the black church, the multicultural church, the white church. You got the in-between churches, Chinese church, Russian church. What do we do with our culture and how do we... Follow Christ. How do we reflect Christ? Does it matter? I'm here to say that it does. And I'm going to say that, you know, I don't even have a beautiful way to put it. I'm just hoping that you can understand what I'm presenting. Because, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, it's been racking my brain. I mean, come on. Like, I experienced this world through the lens and makeup of being a black man. I got pulled, I get pulled over because I'm a black man. They can't see my faith. They can't see my beliefs. They see a six-foot black man. But here's how I'll just lightly touch it. It's my reaction to their actions that help them understand that maybe there's more to me. I got a lightweight story I'm gonna start this off with, and this is not very I'm holy. It's just real. I'll never forget leaving young life. And I'm sitting there. I have a young lady that she said she needed a ride home. And I said, hey, I got you. I took her home. She's my little homie. And so when I dropped her off, I get back on to, for those of y'all in the Portland area, I got off of uh, 9th in Alberta. So on 9th in Alberta, I'm turning and I'm going east. I noticed that the police followed me. On 22nd in Alberta, they finally pulled me over. Now, keep in mind, that means I went through one light. Because for those of us in the area, y'all know, you know, lights. But I didn't do anything wrong. So when the police officer pulled me over, the words were, hey, back there on 9th in Alberta, you turned the corner kind of fast. What? So what I found funny was, I said, whoa, I said, I turned the corner kind of fast back on night. I said, well, I wasn't trying to. I said, I just dropped off my friend and we were coming from Young Life. What? Officer took a step back like, you just came from Young Life? Man, I used to be in that program. I know about that. Went to his car, came back, said, hey, you have nothing on priors on your record. Have a great day. Just be sure to drive safe. What? I didn't do nothing. 
I didn't do nothing to deserve to get pulled over. I didn't do nothing to just walk away. But I did drive while being black. <laughs> so that's just a sideways story to say that I can't escape who I am, who God has created me to be, what I look like. Now, now I'll say who I got created because look like, you know, you can be skinnier, you know, all that. But we're just saying, come on. Now, what makes this topic even more interesting is that there's a push and a fight to own our blackness. You got to say it like that. Our heritage, our culture, more than following Christ. Because, hey, being a Christian, Christians is a white religion. What? Following Christ is what, that's what they did to us to put us in slavery. What? And I was like, man, that always made me so, so uncomfortable. And I didn't know how to process it. How did you make that right? Because definitely in our history, the way classes are taught, you've got white people enslaving Africans. And they're also the same ones trying to teach them about God. But I want to put a pin in it, and you know, some of y'all ain't going to like this. I'm just going to tell you. It's surprising that when you actually read the biblical text from the beginning in Genesis all the way through Revelations, black folks have been there. I repeat, when you read the biblical text and actually pay attention to what's said, black folks, Africans, have always been there. We were not a secondhand thought. We were not a secondhand thing. God already had made a plan that included all of the world. That meant us too. Not by the time, oh, he thought about us when, the, when we were being enslaved. No, from the beginning of time. Just think about that. God ain't no accident God. He's a purposeful God. Now, if you want to know more about that, there's plenty of books and there's a couple of links I'll probably put up eventually to give people resources for this because what I believe and what I know is that if we can start to break the lies, the things that were taught as truths or portrayed as truths, not in a way to like demean us or scare us, but because it was just a depiction of what people thought. For example, angels. I was talking with my bro and I've talked to a few of my other folks and I said, it's family because it's, it's funny, not family. It's funny because when we hear the word angels, we instantly picture a light, wings, halo, this bright being, which at times occurred. But have you ever noted that there's times when an angel or messenger shows up and they look like everybody else because there's no big reaction? How did they walk up and nobody noticed until they delivered the message? How is it that in Revelations, when it speaks to the messenger, the angel, it's talking about the pastors of the churches? Mm. So again, I'm not saying that angels can't appear as bright light beings. What I am saying is that we got so lost in that piece of it that we forgot that there's more to it that is not always presented the same. It's not the same because there, God didn't want us to be worshiping 
beings outside of him. Period. Okay, I got a little ahead of myself. Breathe. Alright. So now here. I want to start with our culture. I think we should all be proud of who God created us to be. Black, white, and everything in between. Why do I say that? Because he did it. And if he did it, then he did it on purpose. There are things about how I do things that maybe you don't do things. Even those that are also black may not do things exactly the same way I do. And that is okay. Because if we take all the different expressions of worship and studying God's word and being together and working together and growing together and put it together. Do you know what kind of church that would be? Do you know how dynamic that would be? Do you understand the lives that would be changed when we could truly come together and say our differences help attach us because the glue is Christ. The glue is I'm willing to put my personal preference secondary to following him. That doesn't mean I don't, like I said, find enjoyment, find um, pride, find release in, the, in who I am. I love to sing. Some people know that, some people don't. I got a little bit of rhythm, not a lot. But it doesn't matter because that's how God created me. And so I enjoy those things. But I don't sacrifice my enjoyment of those things to say, you got to worship the way I do. Okay, I'm going to get off of that. Because that, that one I talked about a while ago. More so what I'm going to say is that if you are willing to put Christ secondary to your culture, then I feel you don't know the picture of what Christ did. And I think scripture makes that kind of plain. See, we have this paradigm, like on the graphic I gave y'all, they come, they're butting heads to head. Our culture and our beliefs, they, they butt head to head. They clash, they clash. They don't. The reason they don't is because me and you were purchased. We were bought by his blood. So let's just start there. You can't even be a follower of Christ without choosing to accept the free gift that he offered. And that free gift cost him his life. And what's so powerful about it is three days later he got up. He died and he rose three days later. But his death, his blood was shed so he could purchase us in our sinful ways. He didn't say he purchased my blackness. He didn't say he purchased somebody's whiteness. He didn't say he purchased their Asian side. He said, I purchased your soul. I redeemed you from everything that separates you from me. Maybe you don't believe me. I went to New King James Version, you know, and I was sitting there tripping. I was like, man, I haven't picked up this Bible in a while. Not because I don't read the Bible, but because, like, this Bible is old. 
Anyway, so I'm getting a little lost. Sorry. So the first text I want to read to you. Oh, no, that's not what Forgive me, y'all. I've got a... I got really excited. It says in Hebrews chapter 9. Okay, I'm in chapter 9. I want you to slide down to verse 11. Now, I want everybody to know, I do believe in reading scripture in context, but sometimes you got to pull some pieces to highlight some things, just to highlight. So I'm, I'm going to highlight this. It says, but Christ came as high priest of good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with the hands that is not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. He entered the most holy of holies, excuse the most holy place, once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of the heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse you from your conscience, from dead works to serve the living God. Okay, I'm going to read that a little bit at the end again. It says, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Christ didn't die and give you the gift of salvation, give me the gift of salvation for us to do whatever we want. It says to do his will, serve the living God. So hold on, black, white, and everything in between that says that they're choosing to follow Christ. See, I can't talk to you if you're not talking about serving Christ. I can talk to you those that say they serve God that they choose to receive the free gift of salvation. That means you're choosing to make him Lord. That means you're choosing him above your culture. So if we take it from clashing, we can shift the paradigm to our beliefs flowing and are seen through our culture. <clears throat> Love through my culture. What do I mean by love through my culture? You know what I mean. When I see another brother or sister, I give them a hug. I give them love. We embrace one another. My bro came through today. In front of the students, we gave love, like gave a hug to one another. Because we show love in my culture that way. I also got family members that don't do that. And when I give them a hug, they little, <laughs> not picking on them, I'm just saying, not everybody does that, but our part of, it seems like our cultural norm is to embrace one another. And it's not meant to knock anybody else. It's just one of the ways, one of the ways I can show love to another person. I can show a brotherhood, a sisterhood with another person. Okay, well, brother, both to brother and sister. I don't want, I don't want to be, have that minced a little bit. Anyways, I just want to remind you, purchased with a price. 
Now, this identity thing has really been tripping me up because, again, I'm looking at young people left and right, and I'm like, why is it that we see these struggles? And I'm looking at what we're pushing. We're pushing fashion. I'm looking at what we're pushing. We're pushing sports. I'm looking at how the time spent on games. And all those things have a little something to pull you away from who you are in Christ. You remember, you know, Black Panther, we laughed because, remember who you are. Show them, excuse me, show them who you are. You know, he does the thing, thing. But that's not what we have to do in the sense of like in that kind of a battle. We do that battle every day because we have to be aware that we ain't fighting in a fair fight. And that's the part that I think we've forgotten. And I think that's how we can start to wake up. We can start to be proactive in this fight, in this fight to say it's worth me following Christ. It's worth me knowing that I have value in who I am because of how he designed me. So my culture has value. It's just not valued above me showing people Christ through my life. Now, Maybe you don't think it's a big deal, but if you was in 1 Peter, swinging around chapter 5, verse 8 is one of the ones I, I know people have heard, but I really hope you take the time to really listen. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Now I'd have to do a whole nother podcast to break down that whole scripture text. So I'm gonna try to give you a lightweight version. Be sober, be vigilant. That means we can't take a lax approach. And again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling on myself because I've been challenged in different kind of ways. Like, I love anime. I do. I like good fights. I like the storylines. But I keep noticing how they twist, and I do mean twist, evil to look like good. Look at our main stories now. The bad guys are supposed to be good. Huh? Like their characteristics, they want you to care for the bad guy in a way that they can excuse the behavior and say it's okay. And then like, it just trips me out how gray we're trying to make right and wrong, good and evil. Now I'm not saying that it's not easy to slip into one side or the other, Y'all know, some of y'all old heads remember a thin line between love and hate. The whole representation was like, hey, look, you could easily not be the person that's loved. You could also slip into being the person that's been hated based off your actions, based off how the other person processes. Well, in this case, what we choose to do can easily take us from walking towards what God is wanting for us and following him to slipping to go in a different direction. It says wide. Versus narrow. 
Narrow is the way we're supposed to go. That means we ain't going to find a whole bunch of people that are walking that path with us. If I'm on the path with a whole bunch of people, I got to pause. Not because I'm doubting them, but I got to make sure am I truly following what God has called me to do? Or am I just going with the flow because everybody else said it's okay? Y'all know that little corny game Among Us. Man, that game used to bother me. I didn't like it. And if you don't know about the game, cool. But if you do, y'all remember, it was just a simple game. Graphics are horrible. And these kids are getting excited during COVID. They were getting excited to play this little cornball game where you're on a spaceship and one person's an imposter. That's the person among us. And so the person among them is trying to murder the other people. Trying to sabotage what's going on. And I don't know, but the whole dynamic of that game just kept rubbing me the wrong way. Because I'm, like, I'm looking at my kids and everybody's like, oh, this is so cool. I'm like, why is it cool to betray everybody? And then I had to laugh. No, it's not even a laugh. I had a reality check. As I saw little things that showed up in my kids' interactions that reflected them saying, oh, this isn't that big of a deal. It is that big of a deal. It will always be that big of a deal. If your identity is not centered on Christ, that's a big deal for followers of Christ. If you sit there and you talk about your identity and your, your sexual identity, what you got going on, it is a big deal when you say to God's face, I got a better plan. You screwed it up. I'm confused so I'm going to pick for myself what I think it should have been. That is a big deal. When we say marriage isn't supposed to be permanent, we can do it, get divorced, get married again. Maybe I don't get married again. Do whatever. We don't honor it. It is a big deal. A little lie ain't a big deal. Yes, it is a big deal. Who we are. How we are defined, how we do, how we are looked at, it matters. I sat there one year, talk, well, a day, not a year, years ago talking, and I was talking to another person that was a minister, and they were sitting there debating with me because we spoke about the end times, we spoke about how tough it's, the scripture presents it to be. And they were like, well, if I got to steal from my family, that's what I got to do because God said it's okay. I said, that's not what it says. It didn't give permission to go do wrong or harm to somebody to take care of your family. It says, trust God. Oh, maybe you don't. Oh, I'm sorry. Everybody's into blessings upon blessings upon blessings. You turned to the wrong channel. Sorry. I give truth. So. I'm going to calm it down a little bit. And I'm going to try to bust the bubble to end this conversation. Again, I know I said to you that this is about identity. And our identity needs to be found in Christ. It needs to be covered by Christ. It needs to be defined by Christ. But that also means we have to find our hope in Christ. There's a scripture that people usually will say. They'll say all things work together for the good of those who are called and love the Lord. I love the scripture, but it's not usually used in the context of what's happening. 
this is a quote that's being pulled from when the children of Israel are being slaughtered by day and by night. Yet they are saying, I still trust God. In spite of my lack of understanding, I still trust God. Even though I'm not strong enough to overcome them, I still trust God. It was never about him having to come through as a hero, even though they believed he could. He hadn't. And they still were trusting God. So what I want to say to you is, if you allow yourself to be defined by your emotions and feelings of the moment, what you're doing is creating a ball of confusion because we all know we change our minds, we change our hearts, we change our passions as we experience different things. But God is unchanging. So if you would dare to trust in the Lord with all of your heart, with all of who you are, lean not to your own understanding, meaning don't try to make it right because of how you think it should go. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. So meaning that whenever you do something, knowing that you believe Christ can be present. Up, oh, hold on. He is present because you're sealed by the Holy Spirit, which means he's with you with everything you do. And you can choose to grieve him or you can choose to help him be celebrated. So in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And that's the hardest part because sometimes, unlike what society and culture does, we're constantly giving you a response, constantly giving you stimulation, constantly giving you direction. You may have to wait. You may have to listen quietly and trust that God has a better plan than what you and I can have. All right? Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for this topic. I know that it's just the beginning of a conversation, but my prayer, Father, is that a few more chains were broken. A few more people realize they don't have to battle between their culture and their beliefs, yet they can actually follow you and allow that expression of following you to flow through their culture. I ask that you encourage hearts, encourage minds, encourage each of us as the body of Christ to link up and come together so that we, we, can be your hands and feet that minister. All right? In Christ Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Now, I want to close out with a couple things. Hopefully, some of y'all check it out. I will be speaking next week at another event. So, I hope you guys will check that out. For y'all that have high schoolers, it will be at Eastside. Or Imago Day, Eastside. Um, if you look for info, I should have it posted. Also, remember that there's no time better than the present to get right with God. There's no time better than the present to accept him as your Lord and Savior. There's no time better than the present to apologize. There's no time better than the present to heal up. All right? So, again, I love doing life with y'all. I'm grateful that you're willing to do life with me. Let's keep it going. Did it stop? Oh, this is not... This is no point.